we come here to worship God, amen? amen? Don't ever come into the house of God and not lift up your hands. Don't ever come into the house of God and not bow down before your king. Who do we think we are to not show him reverence? He's worthy of all the honor. He's worthy of the highest praise, amen? He's worthy. When we come in feeling sick, when we come in tired, we worship him. Amen? Amen? We glorify Him. You know, we're living in the last hours. We're in what the Bible calls the latter times. There's so many deceiving spirits taking off the church from its course. There's so many lies and false doctrines that a lot of us have been raised up with. You know, we neglected, we neglected the truth. We just sit in our pew and believe whatever that pastor or that teacher is saying, but we have left the place of fellowship with God. We have left the seeking and studying of his word. We call ourselves Christians, yet we can't spend 30 minutes in the Bible. We call ourselves Christians, yet there's zero faithfulness in our relationship with God. You see, people of God, if you don't know God now on this earth, you will never know him in eternity. You will never know him in eternity. We're breaking this demonic lies that have been given to us as a people, and we're gonna hear the truth. You know, and a lot of times when we hear the truth, our flesh wants to rise up. Pride wants to say, no, God's good. God's not going to send me to hell. God forgives me. Okay, one thing about God, he's, he's, he's merciful. That's why he's given us the commandments. That's why he came down from heaven and he laid on the cross. He shed his blood because he's merciful. He's a God of grace, but he's a God who you cannot insult. The word of God says, do not insult the spirit of grace. You cannot go on sinning. You cannot continue in your sin if you're a son of God. The Bible says you're a son of Satan. We should come in to the house of God. There's someone called the Holy Spirit who's resident here. And when he's not resident in your life, there's something that you will lack, and that's called conviction. You see, the Holy Spirit has been sent to us to convict us of sin, to convict us of judgment of sin, and to convict us of righteousness. When that aspect of conviction is not in our daily lives, begin to question yourself if the Holy Spirit actually lives inside of this temple. Begin to question yourself if at the pulpit and at your church, if the Holy Spirit is leading. Because that's his number one ministry, is to convict us, is to teach us. Church is not a place to hear about what I did in the weekend with the half of the scripture. Church is a place to understand the word of God, to be taught, to be raised up and discipled. This ministry, God has placed us here in this end hour to raise up disciples. 
Amen? Where has discipleship gone? Where has the willingness of the people to be a disciple, to sit down and submit to a leadership? We're Christian, and yet we don't know the calling of our life. And some of us might know the calling, but we have not stepped into it. Why? Why have we not stepped into the fullness of what God has called us to do? Why are we living our own life? You see, if you live your own life, you will never have life in eternity. Jesus Christ was very clear. He says, give up this life and you will find life. Yes. Give up this life and you will find life. A lot of us want to hold on to this life. And guess what? You're forever and you're forever and you're forever is going to be in a non-pleasant place, separated from the presence of God, burning an eternal fire because you wanted to be prideful and do what you wanted to do because you didn't want to sacrifice this short vapor. Life is like a vapor. It's a blink of an eye. Tomorrow's not promised. We've got to get our eyes back on eternity, people of God. This is the year of 2020. God's perfect vision manifesting. And he will manifest his vision in the lives of those who are willing to take out the log out of their eye. A lot of us are carrying logs in our eyes. I want to talk about the secret place. Amen? The purpose that God has given us here is his purpose. Luke 4, 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. Where has deliverance gone? The first sign that shall follow believers, Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. These signs shall follow them who believe. Okay, if these signs are not following you, I question if you're Christian. I don't care what you say from your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Where is your heart? Is your heart in fellowship and communion with God? And how can you, how can, what's the fruit? You will know them by the fruit. This is a fruit. These signs follow those that are believers. This is a fruit of a believer. First sign, casting out of devils. Okay? First, out of yourself. Just because you're Christian doesn't mean that you can't carry bad spirits. I got baptized in the name of Jesus. I went under the water. I came out filled with demons. I was still carrying lust. I was still carrying pride. I was still carrying mammon. Doubt, fear, things that don't belong with Christians. You see, God has given us the power and authority to command these things out in his precious name. Amen? Amen. Why are we not commanding these things out then? Why are we living with fear? Why are we living doubtfully? Why are we living in anxiety? Why are we living with depression? Why? Why have we cowered down and rolled up in a little ball of defeat when we have all power and glory who lives inside of us? We 
have the creator of heaven and earth to back us up. But we're scared and we're cowardice because we don't know him. We don't know who's, who has our back. We don't truly believe that when we speak his word, that he has angels of God looking to perform that word. Nor are we in the place to speak his word and know that it's going to come to pass. You see, we receive authority through our obedience. We receive our authority by our obedience. Okay? Jesus Christ is not a vending machine. Okay? You can't pop in some coins and just grab whatever you want whenever you want it. You see, his commandments, it's you're going to take them all, you're going to give up your whole life, you're going to take all of him, or you're not going to get any of him. The Bible says, be either hot or cold. There's a lot of us Christians that are lukewarm. We come to the house of God. We give our offerings. We don't tithe, but we give our offerings. Or we give our tithes, but we'll never give an offering. Whatever, when, when we're called by God to sacrifice, to give sacrificially, we don't want to. We don't want to do things that hurt. We don't want to do things that take us out of our comfortability. Why? What in your life are you fighting God against? What is God calling you to give up? Are you willing to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him? What does it mean to follow him? Anybody? Obey. Can you choose what to obey? We've got to obey everything. You know, when we come into the house of God and you hear a teaching that cuts you, Thank God for that. Because he prunes those he loves. He corrects those he loves. If there's no correction in your life, you're an illegitimate son of God. You're not a son of God. Because he corrects those he loves. And if you can come to church week after week, and you go home Monday through Saturday, and you don't even pick up a Bible, you don't even bow down before your king and have an intimate talk with him, Daily, I fear you're not going to go into heaven. And what's written is saying that you won't go into heaven. But if you want to play with your eternity, if you want to play Russian roulette with your forever and forever, that's on you. I'm not going to judge anyone, but I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. And it's your responsibility to either receive it or reject it. Amen? Amen? And when you receive the word of truth, it saves you. It's not our confession that, oh, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. Okay? That's the first part. How about the rest? How about the repenting? Repenting in Greek, it's, it's a word called men, men, menuel. Menuel. Okay? And what it means is a change of mindset. Okay, a lot of us are saying, coming to church on Sundays and say, oh God, I'm sorry. 
I repent. And then you go do the same thing. And you do the same thing. You're back in your pride. You're back with your greed. You're back with your lustful eyes. You're back with the anger. You're back with whatever has you bound. You see, that's what's called insulting the spirit of grace. Okay? And the word of God says that when you continually sin, knowing that you're sinning, there's no more grace. You cut yourself off from grace. You choose life or death. You choose blessings or curses. Yes. How, do you, how do we make this choice? By loving the Lord our God or not loving Him. By obeying Him or disobeying Him. By committing ourselves firmly to Him or being one of those people that you can't rely on. One of those sons, prodigal sons, you know, that want to take our wealth from our Father and spend it and use it and jump in with the pigs, get ourselves real dirty and be like, oh, poor me. We start feeling sorry for ourselves. Oh, look at my children. Why aren't we looking at ourselves? The Bible says if we train up our children in the ways of the Lord, they will not depart. We need to start pointing the finger at the right person. Right here. Let's take out the love out of our eye, man. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, opening up the eyes of the blind. The Word of God says that the God of this world has blinded the eyes, key of the unbeliever. What is a believer? Is it someone that says, Jesus, I receive you as Lord and Savior? Is that a believer? No, a believer is someone that says, Jesus, I receive you as Lord and Savior. I deny myself, I pick up my cross, and I obey you. Amen. That's a believer. So ask yourself if you're a believer. Some of us here sitting here are not believers. And you're not children of God. And your life at home shows it. It displays it. The fruit of your life. If you're walking in the flesh, and don't get twisted with this whole I'm a good person thing. I'm a good person. Jesus Christ said there's not one good. Not one good but Him. Only God is good. We all need God's grace. Amen. You see, to get into heaven, this is impossible with man. But with God, all things are possible. By surrendering completely to him, by being willing to give up the old life, by being willing to separate from the past, the people, the things, the music, the stuff that contaminates us, the stuff that the world is partaking of, we shouldn't be doing the same things that the world is doing. There's a, there's a nice little scripture in the word of God that says, separate yourselves. Do not be, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove 
Why do we have to prove anything? Why do we have to prove anything? Who are we proving to? We're proving to ourselves. We can't prove anything to God. We need to prove to ourselves. And when we're right before God, this is when the authority of God begins to rise up in our belly. This is when that power begins to flow. When we, when we say mountain, pick up and depart, it's cast into the sea. When we command a certain demon that's, that's tormenting our children, when we go before the threshing floor, before God and say, God, I take my children back. God, I loose them from the hands of the wicked ones. We have children that are dying. We have family that are dying. And that if we don't rise up, you, you in the pews, if we don't rise up, they will enter into everlasting fire. And you're going to be responsible. Oh, I don't want to say something that offended them. The bloodshed will be on your hands. And you're going to have to answer before God for not opening up your mouth, for not speaking the true gospel. Amen. Are you willing to be stabbed in the back? Are you willing to get rocked and stoned like Jesus? You see, every time the, the true disciples of God stood up and preached the gospel, they were persecuted. That's a sign that you're, that you're preaching the gospel. You will be persecuted. Expect it and rejoice in it. It's hard to rejoice in it. It really, really is. It's not easy to get stabbed by a family member. It's not easy hearing your family talk evil about you, your own blood, or people that you've helped out. That's ministry. Think about Jesus. His own creation hung him on a tree. His own creation slapped him, spit on him, put a crown of thorns on his head, pierced him in the side, whipped him 39 times. When you start feeling sorry for yourself, look at Jesus. Look at the apostles. Look at what they went through. We're nowhere, we're nowhere near that level. We're blessed here in the United States. Amen? We're blessed. Our brothers in Christ all over the world. I go to Egypt, and you have Christians out there that you can't even talk to one of them that has not had a family member killed, that has not had a family member raped or beheaded. Here we're just serving the Lord in our pew, our mouth shut. Why don't our coworkers know that we're Christians? Why is your family okay drinking and partying in front of you? You see, when you're carrying the anointing, the true anointing that comes with authority, people will begin to speak different around you. People will turn down their music. People will begin to submit to the spirit of the living God. Their language will begin to change. Not all the time, but it should be happening. Amen? Amen. So what, what was the mission of Jesus? Right there, Luke 4, 18 and 19. And then what did he tell us as disciples? You see, the Bible says, if you're not worthy to take up your cross, you're not worthy of him. 
And if you're not worthy of him, believe me, you're not entering to the kingdom of heaven. If Jesus says you're not worthy, you're not entering to the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because you decided to reject his word. You chose death, you chose death, you chose curses. It's our choice. God doesn't send anyone to hell. We send ourselves. Amen? Amen. Jesus said that he's been given by the Father all power and authority. And he told his 11 disciples, he said, go out, preach the kingdom of God. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, cast out devils, heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, raise the dead, and make disciples out of all nations. What does it mean to make a disciple? Let's go to the word. Matthew 28, 18 and 20. Jesus came up and said to them, all authority and power and absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me. Believe in me and obey my words. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance, and on every occasion, even to the end of the age. You see, he's with us in every circumstance. When you're truly serving God, it doesn't matter what death comes in my face. It doesn't matter what threats. It doesn't matter how bad you're getting stabbed in the back. It doesn't matter what your finances look like. It doesn't matter where your kids are at. You have the word of God to stand on. God, you said, you said it's written that if I give my life to you, this promise is for my children. Let's take them back. Let's take them back. Let's take our families back. Amen? If we do not unite in God's power, who else is going to take the victory for us? You see, we're ambassadors of Christ. You, you guys know what ambassadors are? They get sent out by a higher power to do a certain job. You see, Jesus already sent us forth. A lot of us are waiting for Jesus to come do it for us. And he's saying, you do it. I give you the keys. You bind it up. You loose it. But we don't know how to operate like that. Our churches haven't taught us, and it's not your church's fault. It's your fault. You didn't get into your word. You didn't study the scriptures. You were comfortable in the pew, going home day after day, hearing that 20-minute preaching and feeling comfortable with that amount of intimacy with God. That's horrible. If you can sit in the pew and then go home and have no change in your, in your, in your mindsets to be more righteous, you know what, God, I'm going to start reading my Bible more. Or you know what, I'm going to actually start reading it. 
<laughs> Amen. We laugh. I can tell you probably half of us here don't read it. Nor are we putting the word of God in our heart. As King David said. He said, I put your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. We're sinning against God on the daily because we have no word to tell Satan to be gone. We have no word to fight temptation. The word of God is the most important, it's the most valuable, valuable. it's the ultimate authority in the universe. There is so much fire, there is so much love, there is so much deliverance, there is so much healing, there is so much freedom. If you can just put his word in your heart and actually apply it, when that situation comes, you see, we can cast demons out all day, but when the test comes, see, deliverance is taking out a demon, but being set free, is when that demon comes back to make residence back in this house. I tell it, nope, there's no room for you. Yes. Not today, Satan. Yes. Get me behind you. I rebuke you in the name of Yeshua. Amen? Matthew, four, Matthew 10, 14, 15. And whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. Don't be afraid to preach the gospel. Don't be afraid to, to, to hold your kids accountable for their sin. Don't be afraid to hold your family members accountable to their sin. Yeah, they're going to speak against you. But you know what? When, when you get on your face and start crying out to God for them, God's going to send that fish to swallow them up. He's going to bring that hammer to break their pride. That, that life circumstance is going to hit that house. And you know the first ones they're going to run to? The ones that stood solid. The ones were, that were not shifty. The ones who were like, no, I'm going to the house of God. No, I'm staying faithful. No, I don't want that. Amen? Amen. I've seen it time and time again. I've seen it time and time again. And some of us sit here because of faithfulness of a man or a woman. 2020. This is the year God's going to manifest his perfect vision. When you look up the word in the Strong's concordance in Hebrew, 20, when you look up 2020, guess what it says? Hats tasallah from natsal, which means deliverance. 2020 is a year of deliverance. God is delivering his people from the counterfeit spirits, from the false doctrine, from the false gospel. God is breaking the captives free. He's giving us our children back. Our prayers, our intercession, God has heard them. 
those, those prodigal sons and daughters are coming home. They're coming home. Psalms 34, verse 17 through 19. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of all them. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of all them. Blessed is he who is persecuted for my name's sake. For theirs is the kingdom. Is the kingdom of God yours? Can you sit there and say and be confident that I'm going to heaven? It shouldn't even be a thought. If you're playing by the rules, you see, there's guidelines. There's a ticket you have to pay to get into the theater, amen? And if you pay that ticket, are you gonna be intimidated as you walk up to the concession stand while they take it, like, oh, are they gonna let me in? Are they gonna let me in? No, you pay for your ticket. You have the right to walk in and watch that movie, amen? Is the kingdom of God yours? Is the kingdom of God yours? Are you walking in obedience? Was there a lot of areas that we need to get right? And what's so awesome about God is that today, right now, we could have been on our way to hell. We could have been sons of Satan. Yeah, proclaiming we're Christian. Everybody's Christian. Everybody is Christian. But is their heart? Is their heart? Far from God? Or is it in communion with God? You ask yourself, and if not, you can repent today. And God, forgive me. Forgive me for not seeking you. Forgive me for not studying the word of God. It says meditate upon me day and night. If you're not meditating on his word day and night, you're probably not a son of God. You can call yourself all you want, a son of God. You can go cut your wrist. You, you remember when, when Elijah challenged the, the, the false prophets, Baal and Astrid, 950 of them? They set up this altar, right? It was a time of drought. And they grabbed this water. There's two altars. The false prophets... The, the, the theme was whoever's God responds by fire is the God of all gods. And so here you have these false prophets crying out, doing all their rituals, ain't no fire coming. They're cutting themselves and bleeding. They're doing everything they can do, no fire. Then here comes a man of God. And fire comes down from heaven and consumes the sacrifice. You see, we serve the consuming fire. You see, and this fire can be a purifying fire in our lives. Or it can be a fire of destruction, 
a fire that will consume you forever and forever and forever. It's your choice. God's awesome, huh? He gives us a choice. We have a free will. This is what free will is about. Free will isn't easy. It's not easy to be a Christian. It's actually the hardest life to live. But the more obedience, the easier it gets. The more you listen to wisdom, the word of God, people that God has placed over your lives, the less falling, the less destruction, the less death will come into your life. You see, everyone's gonna have trials. Stop making them for yourself. Amen? Isaiah 26 verse 17 says, like a woman with, with child that draweth near the time of delivery is in pain and crieth out in her pain, so have we been in the sight of the Lord. You see, we're in a season of birthing. There's an end time revival coming forth. God is separating the counterfeit from the true church. And it's very clear who is who. It's very clear. You'll hear it in five minutes in the message. And if you can't hear it, you don't know the gospel. All you gotta do is go into your Bible and read the red letters. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? He did a lot of correcting, a lot of rebuking to his own disciples. He told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He told other disciples, you know not what spirit you are of. He told his disciples, you faithless generation, how long will I have to put up with you? He called them perverse. And then everyone wants to rise up against you when you just say the words he said. Don't fear to say the truth. There's an eternal reward behind it, amen? And if the words that you speak and the life that you live bring your family in, bring your friends in to everlasting life, wow, what a reward. What a reward. Amen. In the Strong's Greek, 2020 is the word epifoko which is to begin to grow light. Who knows that Jesus Christ is the light of the world? Are you gonna allow the light of Jesus to begin to grow? Are you gonna allow his fire to be kindled and to begin to cause forest fires? Everywhere you go, the fire of God is jumping and starting up others. We allow that light to flow through you. Revelation 22, four through five. They shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. They shall, they shall be no, there shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of, of the sun. The Lord God gives them light. They shall reign forever and forever. Are you that light of the world that's gonna reign forever and forever? Are you part of the body of Christ? Who knows that you have to go to church? There's a lot of people that think like, oh no, I, I don't have to go to church. I have my relationship with God. You have no relationship with him. You're in rebellion to him. Read the word of God. The word says, 
do not forsake the assembling of the saints. The word of God says that he's coming for a bride, for a church. Not for, from this person at home that thinks he has some great relation with God. And you, have, you don't have to be part of the body of Christ. You could just do whatever you want to do over here. Oh, I'm a great intercessor. No, it's so hard being part of the body of Christ. It's hard work to deal with people's characters, to deal with their attitudes. It's hard, but that's real love. That's real love. Everyone's just saying, like, oh, they don't have love. We don't have love because we're going to speak the truth. No, that's called love. Amen? That's the love that's going to save you in your house. Drop the pride. Get rid of it. Before pride comes destruction and a haughty spirit of fall. You don't need a fall. Just receive the word. It's able to save your soul. Amen? 2020, it's a year of double portion, 220s. It's a year of double portion. You see, the next double portion year is not going to be until 2121. That's in how long? Another 110 years. Yeah. Isaiah 61 7 says, Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. You see, if you can grab this word and say, God, this is a year of double portion, you're going to receive that double portion. If you can just believe, believe. You see, our word, I believe, doesn't mean nothing if there's no faith behind it, right? What is faith? Faith is our belief mixed with our obedience. Amen? Because faith without works of obedience is dead. If there's no obedience in your life, you have no faith. If you're not obeying the word of God and what it says, you don't have faith. No matter how much you proclaim you're faithful, no matter how much you proclaim you're a Christian, you're not saved. Once saved, always saved, that's a lie from the pit of hell. The Bible says if you sin, if you continue to sin, the seed of God doesn't remain in you. You're not a son of God. You can change your citizenship. You can be a Christian one day and decide to enter to death. It's your choice. Just because you said Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you think you have a ticket to sin? To do whatever you want? To kick back and chill? Never read your Bible? Never have communication with Him? You're lost. It's the year that God, the things that He said to us, the things He's shown us in visions, and dreams, the prophetic words that he's spoken over our lives. It's the year that he's going to manifest them for those who are willing to clear provision. Those that are willing to take out the lawns out of our eyes. For those that are willing to take up the cross. No matter what the price is, I will serve the living God. 
No matter what the price is, I will remain faithful. Amen? Let's do something today as a church. Let's recommit in this new year. Not a New Year's resolution, because you know those only last for a couple days. Right? We're not doing that whole gym thing. Let's go home. You see, there's major problems in Christianity in the body of Christ because we don't have discipline. Satanists have so much more discipline than Christians, it's sad. They're united. They, they, they know the Bible. They understand that a house divided against itself will fall. But us, we get together like me, 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 striving, oh, you hear him back talking and stabbing each other in the back instead of just like overlooking your brother or sister's faults, coming to their face and say, hey, you know, you made me feel this way. But we, we, we feel that urge to go tell this person, tell that person, tell that person. This little tongue can destroy. This little tongue can bring so much death. And we need to stay united. Whatever you have against anyone, let it go. Forgive them in that moment. It's not worth your relationship with God. It's not worth your eternity. And if you have unforgiveness in your heart, guess what? You have no forgiveness. If you have no forgiveness, you're not going into heaven, buddy. Let go of the hurts of the past. Some of us have been raped. Some of us had family members killed. Some of us, things have been done to us. Bad things. Look at what Jesus went through. He forgave on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You see, people persecute you because they know not what they do. They don't know they're persecuting Jesus. They may even be doing it for righteousness because they're religious. Have compassion on them. Feel sorry for them. Pray for your enemies. Know where they're going. And if you don't stand up for them in the gap, who is? Because they're ugly. It's hard to pray for ugly people. Right? Let's be real. Who wants to pray for the enemies? It's a commandment. You want to be like Jesus? Let's do what he said. Let's bite that. Bite that tongue. Shut the mouth. It's easy to let go of anger. It's easy to spill your mouth. But it's hard to break that pride. Amen? And when you're having trouble, say, Holy Spirit, help me. Man, last night, I was so hungry. Oh, my Lord. I cried out to God, God, help me. I, I haven't felt that type of draw towards food. You know, there's, we're, as a church, we're on a fast. And anyways, as soon as there was so much temptation, I just kept thinking about peanuts and cashews and my mind's telling me, oh, just, just do a Daniel fast now. <laughs> Don't, you can, you can let go of the water fast. You always fast. And I was like, man, I rebuke you, Satan. And then the Holy Spirit 
gave me visions about what was happening in the realm of the spirit, what was about to happen in the lives of the people that were coming. And I said, oh, heck no. I am not going to compromise for that. I'm not going to lose out my opportunity to get closer to God. See, a lot of, a lot of people make fasting and church of this religious thing. We're here to get closer to God. Yes. Throw the pride out. Let go of the unforgiveness. Let go of the pain and the bitterness. We're here to get closer to God. That stuff separates you from Him. It separates you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 through 5. It says, Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, you, we come to church, and we always hear the, the ministers and the preachers and the pastors saying, be holy. God commands you to be holy. And you need to change your life, but yet they don't show you how to do it. They don't show you how to actually walk through and cast out devils. They don't actually teach you and equip you how to deal with principalities and powers. The Word of God says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our fight's not in the natural. We're fighting an invincible enemy. Invisible. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. You call yourself a Christian, okay, and you don't know what you're fighting. God just named the things we're fighting and their strategies and tactics in the Word of God how to fight each entity, and we don't even know what they are. You're losing battles. You're losing battles. My people perish because of the lack of knowledge. Your children are perishing because of the lack of knowledge. Your lack. Not your pastors. Your lack. Let's take accountability for our own actions. Let's take, our, let's take accountability for what we're doing or we're not doing. Amen? You're going to stay stuck in the same place year after year going around the same mountain if you can't just face yourself in the mirror and look at those demons and command them out because when you look into the mirror you should see the image of God not demons okay but some of us are carrying demons and they need to come out here in this ministry we're going to teach you how to deal with the demonic powers of Satan it's all written it's not that hard Takes a little bit of fasting and prayer and just doing what the Word of God said to do. Taking your authority. I thank God He allowed me to live in the darkness that I lived. When I was, when I was young, I'm talking as young as you can get. Four years old, I'm smoking cigarettes. Five, six, I'm after my dad's alcohol. Me and my cousin breaking into his dad's alcohol. We're, we're little. Seven years old, drinking hard liquor. Age of seven, eight, nine, already gangbanging. Sold out 
to be bigger and better and badder than whoever else was out there. I, I was in college. I got to live with a lot of demons, personally. They puppeteered me. They told me what to do and I did it. I thought I was over here enjoying life, but I was a puppet and a fool, empty, without nothing. I did that for years to the age of 28. I was involved in cocaine distribution. I, I, I had my own cocaine little factory. I taught people how to do it. They did it, they distributed, and I just collected money. I did that for years. All I did was party, work out. And I had everything that the world says that you're successful. I had a career, I was a paramedic. I was a firefighter, I was a firefighter paramedic for alcohol and fire department. I was educated. I used that as my little cover scheme. I was married, I had a child. I let Satan take it all. I had a mother who actually stood on her Bible, like literally got on her Bible and said, God, your word says, and called me out of the pit of hell into the eternal glory of God. And during that time, I'm just giving a brief little testimony. During that, some of, some, some of us out here know me and know the things I was doing. Banji. She used to pray that I get locked up. That's mean, huh? Think. But because of that lifestyle, I, I, got, I, got, to, I got to understand the traps of the enemy, how they speak, their voice, to a lot of different demons. And I talk to people and I'm telling them like this, 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 that. Like, how do you know that? Because the devil speaks the same from generation to generation to generation. He has no new tricks. It's the same lies, half-truths, same bondage. He just twists things. Amen? So I was tormented by demons, got baptized, still carrying all the demons, and I was a person that I'm going full force with whatever I'm doing, whether it be for life or death. So when I chose God, I chose Him fully. I let go of everything except the money. It took four months. It took four months. I love the money more than I did God, and that's the truth, okay? A lot of us love this thing in your life more than God. How can, how can I say that? Those who love him have his commandments and keep them. There's things in our life that we place more value. We place more value over these things than our relationship with God. This is called idolatry. Newsflash, Word of God says idolaters will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. The things that you're putting before God is getting your ticket ripped and void. Now you're that person walking up to the gates of heaven and you're like, oh. you know what you're going to hear. 
Depart from me, worker of iniquity. I knew you not. Oh, Lord, but I went to church. Oh, Lord, I went and fed, out the po- I fed the poor. Oh, Lord, I did my tithing. I knew you not. You have to know him now. You have to know him now. And this life will cost you everything. And if you're not willing to pay the price, then your decision, and when you're before God, you can answer it. You can answer to him. We're all going to sit before the judgment seat of God. Now the decisions, the thoughts you allow in your mind, the words you speak, the things you do or don't do, how you love one another, that's going to determine your forever and your forever and your forever. There is an eternity. There is an eternity. We've got to get our eyes back on eternity. The Word of God says, do not look on things here, but look at the things that are above. The things that are eternal. This life is but for a moment. What is the fruit of your life? Is there going to be an eternal consequence of everlasting life? Or is there going to be an eternal consequence of everlasting fire? Is there things in our life that we know we should not be doing? Is there people that we're connected to? And the Word of God says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That's your mom, that's your dad, that's your family member. Okay, our job with our family members and non-believers is to preach the gospel. If you preach the gospel and they reject it, remember earlier, you do what? Get your sandals and dust them off. It's going to be worse for them than Sodom and Gomorrah because they rejected Jesus Christ. They didn't reject my words. You're not a, if you're not receiving what I'm speaking, you're not rejecting me. You're rejecting the word of the living God. You're not going to stand before me in judgment. You're going to stand before the king. And you're going to have to tell him why you disobeyed. You're going to have to tell him why you chose not to listen to what his or her servant was saying. Amen? So, in my darkness, I learned the enemy. Well, I got to know him. I spent a lot of time with him, with those different demons. And the person, the things that you put your time into, the people who you know to, in eternity, that's what you're going to be connected to. So you're putting your time and getting to know your job, getting to know whatever else you're putting your time into. The Bible says that you cannot serve God and mammon. What is mammon? That's the that's that's money. That's that's the, the whole, my goal is to have this great life here on earth. Possessions, better career, big house, my picket fence, very comfortable. 
Don't have to give to where it hurts. Don't have to sacrifice. It's about me, myself, my family. If we're good, then I'll help a little bit here and there. But if I'm not, everything right here, pocket zipped. We have to break out of this mammon. All of us are carrying a little bit of that in us. Let's just be real. All of us got greed to take out. All of us got some, some pride to take out. We're gonna be getting deliverance until God takes us out of these corruptible bodies. Your job is to take accountability in it. Go into fasting, target these nasty spirits and cast them out in the name of Jesus. And then when they leave, you put the word of God inside. Amen? Because that's the only thing that's going to protect you when they come back. Demons think this is your, their home. This, this home is no home of a demon. Amen? This is the house of the living God, holy temple. So 2020, what's the Lord speaking? Our intercession, our fasting, our prayers, all the seed we have placed into God's holy soil, it's, it's coming forth in this season. We're gonna see the greatest move of God we have ever seen. There's gonna be so much signs, miracles, and wonders following, following believers, following the preaching of the true gospel, Real miracles, not the counterfeit ones. There's a lot of counterfeit miracles out there. No biblical reference, no biblical... If it's not in the Word, if there's no biblical foundation, it's probably not God. You should be able to trace back everything to the Word of God. Does that make sense? God's going to be renewing our hope. There's a lot of us, we lost hope. We've given up. We've given up on our children. We've given up on family members. We've given up on people that we've been preaching to. It's not time to give up. God's gonna renew our strength. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter eight, Verse 10 through 11. And in, and in this I give advice. It is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago, but now you also must complete the doing of it. But now you also must complete the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may be a completion out of what you have. It's a season that the things that we desire to do, that we haven't done nor completed, it's time to complete these things and move on to the next phase. Some of us keep hearing the same prophetic word. Oh, God is calling you to do something. Go do it now. Go do it. We get all happy with this prophetic word. Oh, the Lord said this. He said it like 12 times already. Go walk into it. Amen. Obey that call. It's time. Amen? Amen? And if you're having trouble walking into that calling, I guarantee there's a demon blocking you. Now let's learn how to get deliverance and set free. 
This stuff doesn't belong to us. Depression, anxiety, fear. That stuff died when you came into the blood. The cross took care of it. It doesn't belong to you no more. Now you got to command it to come out. You got to command it to come out of your children. Take authority. It's yours. Amen? Amen? So, why is there so many things in our life that we have not completed for God that God asks us to do? Because we're going around the mountain. We've got distracted. Our eyes got off of Jesus. And this, key, this scripture here is key. If you can just obey this scripture, your next season, your next year, is going to be prosperous. Your next year is going to be filled with joy. You know, how awesome does it feel to complete a job? When, 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 you, when you're building something, a project at your house, doing something with your kids, when the actual job's done, doesn't it give you that, that great satisfaction inside? Like, wow, I just completed something. And you look upon it, it's beautiful. Can you imagine when you do and complete the work of God? Can you imagine when you get up to heaven and he says, job well done, good and faithful servant. That's the, that's the words that we should all be desiring to hear. Amen? Everything in our heart should be like, how can I please you, God? How can I sacrifice for you, Lord? How can I get closer to you? Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight. We need to strip off the unnecessary weight. And the sin, which is so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract you, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity. Let's get our eyes focused back on Jesus. Let's take out the distractions out of our life. Let's, you have a TV problem? Is TV your God? Are you spending more time on your TV than with God in prayer and scripture? Ask yourself, or what you're watching on television, is it edifying you? Is it building you up? Or is it just wasting the, the most precious, valuable commodity that we have in this life? You ask yourself, what are you putting yourself in? What are, what are you allowing into your temple? Amen? Twenty is a time of waiting. We're going to end off on this. It's a season for those who have been waiting on the Lord. You see, Jacob, he waited 20 years to receive the promises from Laban. He had two wives, all his possession. He built up this massive wealth. But he was a slave and he had to wait 20 years. This 2020, the Bible says that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The Lord's restoring our strength. He's renewing us for those who waited upon him. What does it mean to wait? Let's talk about it. Well, first to speak the scripture. I waited patiently. This is Psalms 40, verse one and two. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me. He put his ear down to hear me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and he established my steps. See, when you wait on the Lord, when you trust him, when you're faithful to him, during the trial, during the backstabbing, during that sickness, during that poverty, when you just wait on him, what does it promise? What does he promise? He's gonna take us out of that pit. The, the, the pit is just our stepping stone. That pit is just the place of our elevation. It's our test. Will you remain faithful? Or will you dig the hole deeper? Or will you reach up and grab the hand of the Father and let him sit you in heavenly places at the right hand of God as the body of Christ? It's our choice. Amen? Amen. Waiting on the Lord is dying to ourselves daily. Dying to what we want to do. Dying to what we want. What we want to buy. Dying to whatever you need to die to. For to me, for to me, we got to learn some scriptures, people of God. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Okay? You ain't gaining nothing if you're not dying. You're not receiving eternal life if you don't let go of this one. If you're cold or lukewarm, you're not getting into heaven. You have to be on fire. You have to be on fire. That's his commandment. We cannot be lukewarm. Lukewarm is vomit out of his mouth. And you're lukewarm if you have no relationship with him. If you're not in your Bible, if you're not memorizing scripture, if you're not praying, you're lukewarm. Repent. Cast out the lukewarm spirit out of you. And say, God, set me on fire. Place a desire in my heart to want to love your word, God. Place a desire in my heart, God, to want to pray when I don't want to pray. Place a desire in my heart, God, to want to be holy like you command me to be. We got to learn the word of God. There's an awesome promise in Ezekiel 36, verse 26 and 27. It says, I will take out the heart of stone and I will put in a heart of flesh and I will place my spirit in you. When his spirit comes in you, the Bible then says he will cause you to follow his statutes and keep his judgments and do them. When you say, Holy Spirit, it says here in the word of God that you would cause me 
to follow your statutes and keep your judges and do them. It says here in your word that you can keep me from falling to present myself faultless before your presence with exceeding joy. Holy Spirit, I can't be holy if you don't cause me to be holy. Holy Spirit, just like you kept Pharaoh from sinning against you, keep me, your son, from sinning against you. When you come at the Lord with his word, you'll be walking holy. Amen? The Lord is faithful to perform his word. The Lord is faithful to perform his word. Begin to speak it, begin to declare it. But most importantly, live it. Live the word of God. We're going to have a special consecration for this ministry for ourselves between God. I wanted to talk about the secret place. We'll get that next week. <laughs> but this is entry to be, able, to be able to step into the secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty and I will say unto the Lord He is my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I will trust surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the Father and from the noise of His pestilence His feathers shall cover thee and under His wings shall I trust you see when you enter into the place of intimacy there's angelic hosts that come and protect you. There's angelic hosts that come and guide you. There's angelic hosts that come minister to you, strengthen you, defeat your enemies for you. Amen? Amen. When Jesus, before Jesus went on the cross, he had the Last Supper with his disciples. And he got a piece of bread and he blessed it. And he says, this bread, this is my body. Every time you eat this bread, remember me. Remember that I was broken for you. And he took the wine. And he said, this is the cup of the, of the new covenant. This, this is my blood. When you drink this, Remember the blood that I shed as we communion is something holy We have to take communion It says worthily What does that mean? Well right now let's bow our heads And let's just begin to ask God to forgive us for whatever sin Whatever has been That you've been fighting God against Let's just begin to forgive those that you've been holding grudges to. Father, we come before your beautiful presence, O oh Lord, and we make the choice, the decision, God, to forgive those that hurt us, God, to let go of the hurts and the pain, God, to let go of the past, to no longer look behind, God, but to look forward, to look up to the hills where our help cometh from God. Forgive us, God, for our iniquity. Forgive us, God, for lust. Forgive us for pride. Forgive us for arrogance, God. Forgive us, Father God, for bitterness, God. 
Forgive us, Jesus, for falling short of your glory. Forgive us for anger, God. Forgive us, God, for every sin and everything in our lives that has been unpleasing to you, Jesus. Everything that has come against your holy commandments, we repent, God. We make the decision, God, to follow you this day, God. To be true sons of God. Change our citizenship back to the citizenship of heaven, God. To sons of the living God. We take authority over every spirit of depression that is trying to take a hold of our lives. We command in the name of Jesus for depression to come out of us now in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Father, we submit to you, God, in your word. Right now, God, we take authority over every spirit of idolatry. Spirit of idolatry, we command you to come out of each and one of us now in the name of Jesus. Spirit of pride, we cast you out in Jesus' name. Let your humility come, God. We take authority over every spirit of lust. Spirit of lust, we command you to come out of us in the name of Jesus. These are the temples of the living God, and we shall be holy. We shall be holy. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We're going to pass out these cool little communion cups. Inside there's bread. And there's juice that represents the blood of Jesus. You just lift it up like a coffee creamer. We all know what the coffee creamers are, right? But do it carefully, because it's gonna spill. Father, we just lift up the bread of life. You said you were the bread who came down from heaven, your word, God. It's your word that feeds us, God. It's your word that nourishes us, God. 
It's your word that leads us and directs us, and we thank you for your word that is a lamp upon our feet, God. We thank you for your word, God, that gives us eternal victory, Jesus. And as we eat, God, we remember. We remember you, Jesus. We remember your broken body. We remember your sacrifice. We remember the 39 stripes. We remember your crown of thorns. We remember, God, the piercing of your side, God. We remember, Father God, how you hung on that tree, God. We remember. We bless this in Jesus' name. Go ahead and eat. We lift up the blood of the, of, the, of the second covenant. Your blood that redeemed us, God. Your blood that purchased us. Your blood that justified us, God. Your blood that has saved us, God. We thank you for the precious blood of the Lamb. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. As we drink, God, we remember your blood. And we thank you for the blood the blood that is our weapon, the blood that is our defense, oh God, the blood that is our ticket into everlasting life. In Jesus' mighty name, we drink your blood, God. Now just close your eyes and let him speak to you. Lord Jesus, we ask that you speak to us right now, God. Every place that we need healing, God. Let the healing breath of God come. Oh, breath of the living God, come from the four winds and breathe upon your people. Every place that has been dead, every place, God, that has been, Father God, dwindling with the, with the flickering fire, let that flame be lit up, God. Let your breath come and renew us, Jesus. We have been waiting on you, Lord. Strengthen us. Speak to us, O oh Lord. 